0: Aloha and welcome to Afternoonified, (sighs) the podcast where Emily has clearly gone on vacation and decided to be annoying about it. I'm Sarah. And I'm Emily. Do you want to hear about a ghost made of plants or not? very much want to hear about a ghost made of plants i have been looking forward to this a long time i love a good am am i going to spoil it if i say i love a good ghost episode uh no because we're already into the episode like yeah and also like i people can read yes (laughs) i well i mean they're listening to podcasts maybe they can't um good on you for still wanting to yes i imagine picking episodes out might be difficult Um, Yes, we are doing a ghost episode because I had to write this episode while editing the last one, while getting ready for vacation, and I was like, I need, like, a jerk-off motion episode. Honestly, I am proud of you because I would not have put in that much effort. I would have been like, can we just take a break? Well, I thought I would take advantage of, like, going to a different location that isn't, like, anywhere I've ever been before or any place that most people... Go? Mm-hmm. I mean, it has a solid population. Like, I'm not saying there aren't people that live in like rainforest, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, you can go to the Midwest, and like, that's a pretty big area that's generally the same, and it's pretty easy to get to. You can come to the Pacific Northwest, and it's the same thing. But like, you have to fly for several hours. You, you have to like make an effort to go there. You don't you have have to just really like want it. I mean, I'm in literal flyover country where people just like fly, fly over. over us. <laughs> not Hawaii. I'm sure people do fly over Hawaii, but, like, they're also going to nice tropical places. So. Yeah, they're on their way to New Zealand. Uh, yeah. <laughs> One thing that I noticed, and I'm sure there's absolutely nothing about me that gave it away, was that most people were like, where are you visiting from? Oh, so I don't look like I live here? With my <laughs> heat your rash? your pale, and- <laughs> white, pasty skin and your heat rash? And your Crocs? <laughs> Mike, shut up. There was a crock store there? And I got flip flops, not the not the big things. Although I am considering getting the, you know, they're comfortable. No, we, then I have to quit the podcast. I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell you. I think what gave it away most of all was the day that Travis and I wore matching outfits. Yeah, I mean, but when when else are you going to do that? Now you have matching outfits, and you're going to have to like coordinate on when not to wear them together. Well. We were going to wear them on Saturday because we're celebrating Mother's Day with Travis's mom. And, and you know, Vicky would lose her oh, mind. Oh, Vicky would love that. Um, but we were planning on going to see Guardians of the Galaxy afterwards. So I had to, like, take Travis and be like, okay, do you still want to wear the matching outfits with the knowledge that we may have to go <laughs> see a movie dressed like that? And he's like, no, no, I do not. I do not <laughs> want to do anything. All right. So as you may have, I don't know, somehow guessed either through your powers of reading or context clues, we are going to talk about some haunted locations in Hawaii. Uh, specifically haunted locations on Oahu, because that seems to be where all of the shit is that has, like, stories that I can actually delve into. I'm assuming that's where, like, a lot of the population is, so, I mean, that tracks. Yes. um, Oahu is where Honolulu is, which is the main city. Gotcha. And- I tried to find some stuff on Oahu and Big Island, but as it turns out, Big Island doesn't have any cities like it has large towns and Mm -hmm. it's super rural. So beautiful, but the it's limited in terms of like where I can find good, good ghost stories. Although I did pass a Big Island Ghost Tours booth when we were walking around Kona, so like maybe I completely missed something. And to say, you should have gone on the tour and learned about all the ghosts that you missed, and then rewritten the entire episode. It was, unfortunately, the day that we left during Uh, the day. So, I guess, more accurately, this is ghost stories from Honolulu. (laughs) But don't worry, I learned just enough on this trip to be an insufferable nerd. Huzzah! I mean, that's that's why you travel. Oh, man, I have, like, big hyper fixation on the Hawaiian royal family. Like, such good Wikipedia article reads. Oh, that, that would be a good uh, topic for an episode someday. Oh, my God, yes. Uh, there's no documentaries that I could easily find, like, on Nat Geo or Disney Plus about it, which I find weird. But I did find out that there is a movie in production about King Kamehameha, Ooh. who united the islands as one kingdom uh starring the rock of course uh, but there's also a tv show about the same thing in production starring jason momoa because <laughs> we got two guys for that guys <laughs> more than just two <laughs> we only have two pacific islanders that so we can cast in that stuff uh <sighs> It's so frustrating. (laughs) I mean, I'm gonna watch the crap out of both of them. I mean, I'm sure they'll both be great, but (laughs) I I love The Rock. I love Jason Momoa, but, like, god, there's other people in the world. Anyway, so, uh, yes, Hawaiian ghosts. Uh, So my sources are uh, MysteriesOfHawaii.com, HauntedRooms.com, ToHawaii.com, OnlyInYourState.com, RobertsHawaii.com, and HonoluluHaunts.com. A multitude of just random sites. I'm also going to cite just the concept of the Bishop Museum as as a source for, like, non-ghost stuff that I mentioned. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about it later. Okay. So, uh, like I said, all these places are in or around Honolulu on Oahu. I don't know why that's where most of the good stories were. It is, I believe, the most populated island. But that's also where the tourists are. Um, yeah, that... Also a factor. I'm a sure. lot of the stories from other islands are like someone saw a ghost here once, uh, and that's all. I needed I needed hard facts, and I actually got some hard facts on one of the story. It's a lot of emphasis on the word hard. Well, now you've made it weird. <laughs> Gross. Gross. There's no penis ghost in this, Sarah. You were the one saying hard like that. I was emphasizing the fact that it's a concrete, like First hand penis. Speaking of concrete penises, um I don't know where I was going with that. I saw some some statues at the museum that had had pevises, so that was fun. Oh yeah. Love a good museum. Penis. Uh we were at a little shop at like a flea market and they had these carved wooden things and it was like a little man with a barrel over it, and if you pull the barrel up, little little penis. <laughs> Comes out from under the barrel. Oh, I can picture it. Our first stop is, and I'd like to apologize to all Pacific Islanders and Polynesians. I, I'm very white and you have a beautiful language in Hawaii, but goddamn. Uh, the first step is, step, first stop is the Wahiawa uh, Botanical Garden. Oh, that sounds like a lovely place. It is, actually. It is humid as fuck because it's basically jungle. <laughs> yeah. But it's very pretty. That's, that's why all the plants like it. That's why the plants are so good. <laughs> it's true. Uh, so despite being th- my first find and the one I got most attached to uh, in terms of, like, con- concept of story, there's not actually a lot of information about it aside from the same story that appears on almost every website that I've Ah, yes. The copy-paste so. ghosts. Love them. Yes. So let's, a little background on the, the botanical garden. Um, the garden site began in the 1920s when the Hawaiian Sugar Planters Association leased land from the state of Hawaii for experimental tree planting. Um, most of the garden's large trees date from that era, and the property was transferred to Honolulu, like the state or the city of Honolulu, in 1950 and opened as a botanical garden in 1957. And probably should have looked this up, but Hawaii became a state in 1952. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay. Nineteen. Mm, mm, I want to say nineteen fifty eight, but nineteen fifty nine. Damn. Okay. It was like a republic before that. Um. But someday I will do an episode about how Hawaii became Hawaii because, like, spoiler alert, it's bullshit. It actually, it's man. It was uh, yeah. Us white people, <laughs> man. Although, to be fair, I believe it was Grover Cleveland was like, hey, can we not? I don't like this imperialism shit. And then they went over yeah, his head. Yeah, man, sounds about right. Who's going to take Grover Cleveland seriously? America's worst city is named after him. I'm talking, of course. Grover, Iowa? Yes, about Grover, <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> I thought it was named after the blue monster. Uh, man, we're going to get some blowback from our fans at Cleveland. Why, hey. why would we get blowback from Cleveland? We're talking about Grover, Iowa. <laughs> Grover, Iowa, Yes. I, I, I would like to do a run of merch that's like, I did something in Grover, Iowa, and I'll like, I was a stupid t-shirt. You know what's the best part is that I, I googled it just to check and there is actually no Grover, Iowa. Good. I I didn't exist in Grover, Iowa, and I'll, like, i like, was a stupid t-shirt. Um, okay, so it opened as a botanical garden in 1957. Delightful. So the legend, the legend goes that a woman, so fake, <laughs> A woman was visiting the Wahiawa Gulch and botanical gardens with her children. And stories differ on if the woman walked along the road, across the uh, bridge that was there, or stuck to, like, a sandy area as she walked around with her kids. Regardless, along the way, she lost one of her children in the forest. Gotta keep those kids on leashes. Literally. It's the only way. Um, she went back and searched for her child, obviously, uh, and never found him. And one version of the story says that no one helped the woman look for her child. That's um, not very nice. But I know. Another version says that the woman came back to the forest with the rest of her children to search and she lost <laughs> all of them. Lady. It's a bad idea. Maybe, maybe they're, they're the forest children. It's like a mother yeah. situation. They belong to the forest now. Uh, so the woman's grief consumed her until her death. And now her ghost continues to search for her children in the gulch. Her ghost is said to be covered in green scaly skin or seaweed, and she, quote, reeks of death and rotting plants. Oh, that's less uh, cool. I got really excited there for a minute because I'm like, oh, this is the plant ghost. Uh. No, it's it's not like um Tafiti from Moana where it's like a beautiful <laughs> plant uh, woman. It's like a nursery it's dumpster. A rotting, it's like Old Greg from... Actually, Old Greg <laughs> the, is a... Yeah, That that's... It's it's old gray. It's a good comparison. It's exactly what I was picturing. Um, her teeth have been described as uh, jagged and pointy. So that's cool. Um, her stench should be a warning to anyone who smells it in the area. If you do, she is nearby. If she comes across any children while she searches for her own, she will snatch them, never to be found again. The audacity of these mourning lady ghosts who like lose their kids and then decide that they are entitled to everybody else's. Yeah. The, the consistent detail in, like, all of the different descriptions is that she's green and she smells bad. Uh, whether that's from decaying plant matter or just being dead, Both? Uh, it's unclear. Both, maybe? Um, she, to this day, apparently haunts the Wahiawa go- uh, Gulch, <laughs> Gulch area along with the Botanical Garden and even the nearby elementary school, which seems like shooting fish in a barrel. Yeah, there, there you go. Plenty of kids. Go steal that. <laughs> Uh there is one legend that if you cross a certain bridge by yourself in the botanical garden, you will never return Ooh. and just for uh shits and gigs I did and, and and that's why this episode isn't here, really. I never returned i um I had a coworker who last Friday I like logged in at like eight thirty and I had like five messages from him. And it was like Jesus. Um uh, so I'm in the ER. Um, I'm gonna have to get my appendix taken out. Can you talk to this person and this person, this person, and like cancel the meetings you we were supposed to have today? And I'm like, it's 830. <laughs> this is very stressful. <laughs> anyway, he he's fine. He came back. But um oh, good. But I was flocking back and forth with him today, and we're trying to get a meeting scheduled with another firm. And he had said he'd copy me on a couple emails, and he had also like sent it to them and they, he had never heard back and I'm like are you and I didn't say it because we don't have that kind of relationship um, but I was like are you sure you're not dead <laughs> and that's why your emails aren't going through like I'm actually communicating with your ghost over Slack but you, your ghost can't like email it's just like a Slack ghost damn that's a terrible thing to have to haunt anyway that's what like crossed my brain today that wasn't as funny as it was in my head but <laughs> I guess the only thing worse than that would be like having to haunt Microsoft Teams <laughs> 100% worse. Um, I'm going to send you a picture of the gulch. <gasps> Yay! Yeah, when you hear gulch, you think, like, uh, vulture I mean, skeletons and, like, tumbleweeds. See, when I picture it, I haven't opened the image yet, so I'm going to, you know, um, guess, I guess. Um, when I picture gulch in the context of Hawaii, I picture, like, a ravine, but, like, a very, like, lush and green. Kind of just, like... Cool place. Yeah. That's anyway, pretty much what it is. Oh yeah, that picture. Because all the green yeah, on the bottom the treetops. Yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't. I didn't see the green lady. That's too bad. Yeah. And maybe, you didn't disappear when you were going over the bridge. That's too bad. Yeah. It's a lovely. It's a lovely place. I saw some lizards and some nice stuff. Um. So I would recommend it. But maybe, maybe I just wasn't her type. No. I'm not a child. Yeah, a little old, pushing mid thirties. Yeah. <laughs> I've kind of outgrown the being kidnapped by a ghost mom uh bit You're short, so <laughs> I'm not. I'm of an average height. <laughs> I think you I think we're actually the same. I'm five seven, you jackass. You're taller than me. <laughs> Why do I think you're short? I just look short next to Travis. That's that's what it is. He has uh what, ten inches on me? That'll do it. Yep. That's basically like an extra head. <laughs> So we're going to move, move on uh, to our next location, which is my new favorite, actually. It's the Bishop Museum in Honolulu. Ooh. I've heard a lot about this Bishop Museum. I am so glad that I did this episode because I hadn't heard of it uh, until I was looking for ghosts, ghost. And then I found out about this museum, and it was one of my favorite parts of the trip. Oh, fun. Well, that is a good, like... um Good idea, then, for both of us to write our vacation episodes before we go on the vacation. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's actually, like, yeah, travel research. Basically. Some of these places I would never go, but we'll get to those later. So, (laughs) before the Bishop Museum was a museum, um, it was actually the boys' dorm of the Kamehameha School, which was an institution founded to further the education of Native children. hmm that doesn't um, that doesn't sound good to me no no it's fine it's fine. historically we've not done yes. great with those it's not like that uh okay it's great it's like it was funded by the royal family which is not oh, white people. Okay. it's actual great. yes okay okay <laughs> you're right okay that that is an important distinction it's when white people are involved that it goes bad uh, yes which i'm gonna say a sentence that we're the first half of it you're gonna be like hey i thought we just cleared this up but don't worry So, in 1889, the school's co-founder, philanthropist, and businessman Charles Reed Bishop built the museum in memory of his late wife, Princess Bernice Pa'ahi Bishop. She has a longer name, but I will not disrespect this woman's legacy by trying to say it. Um, A good call. Yes. The princess was born into the royal family and died the last legal heir of the Kamehameha Dynasty, which ruled over Hawaii from 1795 until 1872. And we're going to... Steer a little to the left. So this is something that I just learned about recently, um, and we talked about it a little. But uh, Hawaii used to be like super isolated. Each each island was was pretty isolated because of how mm-hmm. it's laid out and and all of that. And they had no contact with the outside world until the seventeen hundreds. Oh wow! Yeah, that's uh, insane. Yeah, Polynesian settlers came over in a point and moana'd m- it. <laughs> They did a Moana, yes. They did a Moana, they explored the area, they settled on islands, and they, like, had their way of life. And then in the 1700s, um, a man named uh, Captain James Cook showed up and was like, oh, shit, there's people here. And, like, he befriended people. He was actually, like, looked up to in the area as far as I know, but Mm. whatever. So he um, basically taught the the people about about stuff, gave them guns and, and whatnot, and... Long story short, um a chief or a higher up called King Kamehameha conquered the other islands and united them as the the kingdom of Hawaii. So there was a royal family. So did they know the other islands were there? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh you can get to some of them by boat. I was going to say like they I know they're not that far away from each other. No, but they but... were all kind of like doing their own thing and then Yeah. Uh, they just this, kept to themselves. Yeah. Yeah, and then the, this guy was like, "Ah, oh, we're gonna be one one situation, and I shall be king." And then that and, and I'm gonna rule it. That that's the important part. Yes. So that's why there was a royal family. It's not a bunch of like white people that were like, "We own this now." It was actually the people that mm-hmm. lived there that was like, "We have a king now." Yeah. I'll do another episode about it sometime. Anyway, so this this lady was a princess, um, and she died, which was very sad. Oh. Uh, So the Bishop Museum was intended as a home for the family heirlooms of uh, Bernice Bishop's Royal Bloodline and became a memorial to the lineage of the Kamehameha Dynasty and Hawaiian history, which was the dope part about it. That does sound very cool. Yes. uh, Since it first opened its doors to the public in 1891, the bishop has far exceeded its original objective. Um, Today, it is the largest museum in the state and remains the most established institution of both natural and cultural history. So it's older, than most museums. Uh, the bishop has also achieved worldwide recognition for its collections, uh, research projects, and public education programs. Hmm. Yeah, I'll have pictures of it on the, on the slideshow. It's going to be an easy one for me to do research, <laughs> like, picture research for, because I took yeah. most of them myself. So the bishop also boasts the largest collection of Polynesian cultural artifacts in the world, which makes sense, that's where most of them were. Yeah. Um, the museum's total count of natural specimens has passed 24 million. Its entomological collection alone contains 13.4 million specimens, coming in as the third largest collection of insects in the country. That's a lot of bugs. Yes. A lot of dead bugs. And that's the ghosts of the museum. It's all of <laughs> the dead bugs. <laughs> it's haunted by 13.4 million bugs. Uh, so, along with being a very cool museum, it's also rumored to house a handful of ghosts, which is why we're I here. Would not just so, not just for me to fangirl about <laughs> royalty. And that was a cool museum I saw, anyway. Yeah. So the most infamous of the stories is of a murderous spirit, though not necessarily a ghost, because <gasps> there's a difference. If you've seen Vodka. If you've seen *Insidious*, you know that there are also inhuman <laughs> spirits. Please, it's rum. It's haunted by rum. I just picked vodka cuz it's the alcohol I hate the most. Really the most neutral of the alcohols? I I I, I have had bad bad nights Fair with enough. vodka. Unrelated, but we flew premium class home cuz Ooh. Um, but you also get uh alcoholic drinks for free. Anyway, the point is, I ordered a rum and coke thinking she would bring me a coke and a like an airplane bottle of rum. This bitch hands me two. Like who do you think I am? <laughs> That's so, so put, much rum. I know. Because I put one of them in the cup, and it filled it almost to the top. So I was just, like, topping it off with Coke the entire time I was drinking it. And, yeah, I have a tiny bottle of rum now that I just... Nice. Good nice. rum? It's fine. It's, uh... What is it? An No, it, It's one of the standard ones. Uh. But they only gave Travis one whiskey when he ordered a... <laughs> like, do I look that sunburnt? Like, <laughs> <laughs> my... Man. Okay. So, back to the ghost. The spirit. That's not vodka. Not not booze. Well, it is booze. <laughs> I don't like that I did that either. <laughs> According to the story, the museum decided to dedicate an exhibit to the Heiau, or Elaborate Hawaiian Temples Built to Honor Ancient Spirits, which I will post a picture of one that is very cool. Um, So, legend has it that these spirits forbid mortals from taking anything from their temples, and to avoid pissing off any spirits, the staff decided to create a replica instead of bringing in an existing temple, which is a good idea. Mm -hmm. One of the exhibit designers was apparently not informed of the potential for curses. You'd think they put it at the front of the packet. You would think. Just be a little proactive, guys. Yeah, just, like, bold it. Um, so, during a trip to one of the temples for inspiration, he decided to take a handful of lava rocks that had been scattered around the temple's steps. <sighs> Bad idea. Yes, uh, this, of course, as it says in my notes, was a terrible idea, <laughs> uh, and not just because of the angry spirits, but because you should not do that when you visit just a places. Dick move. Yes. Yeah. You don't take shit away from sites like that. It's rude. So that same night. The man's mother had a nightmare We're moving to the B plot Uh, in her dream. (laughs) Her son suffered a fatal accident at work. And when she woke up, she immediately called him, begging him to stay home from work. He told her to go back to bed and to stop worrying so much. Hmm. The next morning, the employee died. Just wait. (laughs) No respect for dramatic tension. (laughs) The next morning, the employee woke up and got ready for work. But he still remembered his mother's warning, yet brushed it off, wanting to show the lava rocks he'd found at the temple to his co-workers. <laughs> I thought you were like, he was going to show those lava rocks, but a big man he was. <laughs> no, he, he wanted to do show and tell with his museum friends. Yeah. As soon as he arrived, he took the rocks from his bag and began arranging them in, in place inside the replica. He was done, his boss asked him to finish installing another piece suspended from the museum ceiling. Look, I've seen Final Destination. <laughs> we all know how this ends. He began to climb to the top of a tall ladder in the center of the room. Just as he reached the top rung, he slipped and fell. Ironically, his body landed directly on the pile of lava rocks he had arranged moments before. Love the irony there. Um I actually didn't see this recreation, so it might not, not be a thing anymore. Um I'll send you a picture of, of what they did have. Uh, But you can get an idea for how tall the ceilings are. Where'd you go? There we go. Um, I took this from the second floor out of three. Oh, that's a very far long, like, long way down. So following his death, his co-workers removed the lava rocks and brought them back to the temple. Um, Even I would love to watch this movie, by the way. Uh, Even so, the angry spirit is rumored to hang around the museum. Employees have since reported feeling a menacing presence in the room, uh, in the room displaying the temple replica, even long after the rocks were removed. The room also holds a reputation as the coldest in the whole building, and many visitors report the strange, inexplicable feeling of being watched. Hmm. Uh, But that's not all the Bishop Museum has to offer. There also have been reports of late night goings on. Are you ready for... Not goings on. Late at night. Yeah, are you ready for a good janitor story? I'm always here for a good janitor. Janitors have the best ghost stories. They really do. Janitors and night watchmen. They're always... Well, yeah, because they're there at night. They're, like, there for all the spooky spooky times. It makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, it checks out, but, like, they they just have the best stories. Uh, So one night, a janitor was busy mopping the floor, minding his own business, when he heard the sound of heavy breathing. Uh, Confused, he looked up from his mopping and out into the darkened museum corridor to find it empty. Unable to identify the sound, the janitor went back to his work, and almost as soon as he had picked up his mop, he heard the sound again, but this time it was right behind him. (gasps) (laughs) He quickly turned around and found once again that there was nothing there. Thoroughly over it, he started to pack it in for the night. (laughs) As he was leaving, he spotted a shadowy figure standing in the corner of the room no thank you Yeah, not wanting to hang out and find out who or what was in the museum with him the janitor fled from the building and quit the next morning a good call yeah yeah. Um, love to know which room because there, there are some parts because I mean it used to be an old school yeah any building that's been around a long time is gonna yeah. have some spookies yeah I didn't really get any weird vibes from any of the rooms except for one but I think
1: the skeleton was, room
0: yeah the skeleton room um, with the no. skeletons, <laughs> it it's a, one of the smaller exhibits, uh, size wise. But it's a collection of these really big, ornate, like poles with feathers on top that mm-hmm. they would display. Like you'd carry them in front of like a king that was was coming out. Okay, like, those yeah. kind of things. Yeah, I can Um, picture that. Yeah, and they belonged to, like, they were the real ones that belonged to the royal family. And there were also big portraits of said royal family members, like oil paintings, um, just around the room. And they were playing constantly at a low level, just this, like, chanting song. (laughs) I I very quickly can understand why you would be getting, like, bad vibes. (laughs) Yes, a bunch of, like, 1800s portraits and, like things used at funerals and like low grade chanting and quiet chanting. <laughs> um, it was fascinating because they had like little displays that had like biographies for all of the people and all of that. But it was like, this is a weird mood that you've set in this room. <laughs> uh, so I have one more story of the Bishop museum. Uh, this one's a nice one. Ah, yes. Uh, it's so it's so a, where you get a nice ghost story. Well, the, the lady of the house is said to, to hang around the museum. um, So the apparition of Princess Bernice Bishop has been spotted a number of times in and around the museum, usually standing in more shadowy corners, admiring the displays. Uh, She's most commonly seen right before the museum opens and just before it closes. Uh, Employees, and I'm assuming regular people as well, can usually pick her out immediately as she's dressed in full-length 19th century dress and the jewels of a princess. I can see how that would stand out. She looks like a nice lady. Yeah. Well, in the way that the main, like, the cultural history part of the museum is laid out, there's a lot of corners that, like, a ghost lady could, mm-hmm. could potentially hide in. I have some fun pictures of uh, some belongings and some portraits of her that they had. Uh, I'm glad she gets to, like, enjoy her museum. Yeah. She has a lot of nice hats. Love a good hat, lady. Oh, those are nice hats. I Great. would wear those hats. Um... One of my favorite things about her is that when her cousin, who is the, the current king, was dying, he was like, hey, will you take over for me? And she's like, I would rather not <laughs> <laughs> and just keep doing philanthropy stuff. So she didn't and he didn't have an heir. And uh, that was the end of that dynasty. <laughs> oh, well, done and done. Uh, it actually led to the first election of a king. Ah. Hawaii does not use a king anymore. Um, because of now white people. Don't worry. The United States saw to that. <sighs> Actually, it was mostly the fault of the cousin of the guy that founded the Dole Company. The pineapple oh. guy. Oh, yeah. His cousin. Bunch of assholes. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to move on to our next location. Uh, the Kasha House of Kaimu. The Kasha House? The Kasha House. Where Kasha lives? Sorry, it was right there. She has some solid ghost stories. She does. Uh, it's the Kasha House of Kaimuki. Lord help me, I hope I pronounce that right. So according to, and I'm going to say several sources, there is a house located in the Kaimuki neighborhood of Honolulu that is considered the most haunted house in Hawaii. Um, and I'm going to use haunted loosely because I've noticed with a lot of the stories from the islands that the thing occupying the house seems to be less of a, a ghost ghost and more of an inhuman creature. Mm-hmm. Which I am assuming has something to do with it being influenced a lot by uh Japanese culture, which again has like more demony things, you know yeah, that would make sense uh so the the creature said to reside at the house is Akasha, which is a man eating ghost from Japanese folklore, and according to the lore, these creatures are a, a cat spirit <gasps> oh, just wait. You're not going to like it. Um, They are bipedal and larger than most people and are often accompanied by fire. I don't hate it. It is only during funerals that their true forms are revealed, and they are known to snatch corpses and spirit them to hell for punishment. Can you hug them? A Akasha will animate a corpse as a puppet or also just eat it. So, no, you can't hug it. (laughs) I mean... You can't hug... (laughs) the Japanese cat demon. At least it's funny uses for the corpses. I guess you, technically you can hug the Japanese cat demon once. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm going to write that down so it can be the quote. <laughs> so this story is fun um, because there are actual newspaper articles, aka hard sources, from local papers detailing <laughs> some of the occurrences. These are rock hard throbbing sources (laughs) none now who's making it weird (laughs) Uh, i'm glad i could help um in 1942 police officers were called to the house by a woman who kept repeating quote she's trying to kill my children Uh, Upon entering the house, the officers watched as a boy and two older girls were levitated, slapped, and hurled across the room by an invisible force. The following article is from the August 13th, 1942 issue of the Honolulu Star Bulletin. Headline. Police called the shoe ghost from Kaimuki. That that was a lot of really upsetting things right in a row, and then like a really silly newspaper headline. (laughs) Kahuna, Hawaii's own witchcraft, brewed evils again Wednesday night, dispelling old-timers' hopes that the war had stilled it. This is from 1942. Remember that, please. Mm, That makes sense. Answering a Kaimuki near-riot call at 1.25 a.m., Police Sergeant Mosley K. Cummins and Patrolman Robert Ansteth found a Hawaiian boy, 10, and his two sisters, 18 and 20, shrieking on a sofa. The mother... Besides shrieking, was waving tea, which is a kind of plant leaves, and sprinkling Hawaiian salt to ward off ghosts. At 10 p.m., she said her son had detected an odor of ghosts. Don't know what that means. You know, the ghost smell. Angry at being found out, the spirits first attacked him, then began repeated attempts to strangle his sisters, she said. Quote, my husband who left me is to blame, unquote. The mother added... After one and a half hour, after a one and a half hour struggle, police and family yielded the home to Kahuna and retreated at three a.m. to the mother's sister's home. As they left, uh, yes, as they left, and sleepless neighbors gave thanks. The mother turned on Sergeant Cummins, saying, "Look, you have goose pimples too." That's an actual. That's a newspaper story. Yeah, I'm actually reading it from a scan of the newspaper. <laughs> There was nothing else going on in, uh, in like, 1942 in Hawaii. No, no, not in that area of the world, especially. You know, we tried to go to Pearl Harbor, but we couldn't find parking, which sounds like a bit, but it's true. <laughs> I imagine it's a very popular thing. Really small. Parking go Interesting. Dope ass poke place nearby, though. Um. Okay. Yes. While that story is objectively terrifying, another story popped up in the papers in October of 1972. I don't have the headline for this one. Oh, that's too bad. The headlines are the best part. Yeah. All right. So a police officer in a patrol car in Kaimuki got a late night call from three girls sharing a house, which the neighborhood considered haunted. The girls heard strange noises of someone moving around and talking, and one of the girls said she had felt a hand on her arm. They decided to spend the rest of the night in Papakole with the mother of one of the girls and wanted the policeman to follow them there. The girls got into their car and the officer got into his and they drove down Waile Avenue. Uh, Suddenly, the girl driving pulled her car into the Oasis Cafe parking lot. The policeman later wrote in his report that the girl in the middle of the front seat was fighting off someone who could not be seen, but who was strangling her. (gasps) Jesus. Yeah, man. Uh, He jumped out of his car and reached into the girl's car to help. In retelling the story, the officer said, quote, a big, strong, calloused hand that could not possibly belong to a teenage girl grabbed my arm and twisted it. I radioed for assistance, unquote. That's very upsetting. The answering officer was prepared for a parking lot fight, but not for a ghost. (laughs) There was a ghost in the car, he told me, and he was white as a sheet. The girls were hysterical. I told the girl who had been choked to get into the police car and the other two to follow us to Papakolea. As soon as she got in the car, the motor died and it wouldn't start up again. He put her back in the girl's car. The other officer tried the motor and it immediately started. The two cars drove about five yards and suddenly the door of the girl's car flew open and the same girl fell out on the road. These girls are not having a great night. No. Again, she was tearing at her throat as if someone was choking her and together the two policemen were not strong enough to pull the hands away. The Hawaiian police sergeant ran into the Oasis Cafe and came out with a handful of Hawaiian salt and a glass of water which he sprayed on everybody. Calm was immediately restored. Quote, it's something my grandmother told me. I never tried it before, the officer explained. It sends the ghost away. Pro tip. Yeah. For your vacations. <laughs> um, so there are several going theories about the origins of the angry ghost. Uh, from what I understand, they kind of show up like the uh, the on ghost from The Grudge. Mm-hmm. So like something bad happens and it creates like this horrible monster. Um, so the first... Story of which centers on a father who murdered his wife and children in the home. Uh, It's said that the bodies of the wife and son were buried in the backyard and the daughter's remains were never found. Creepy. Another uh, story follows a queer couple, two married women, diverse, uh, whose marital troubles had devastating results. When one of these women became involved with the man, so, you know. Ruined by the streets again. (laughs) Uh, her lover found out about her wife and killed them both before taking his life as well. Yes, always ruined by a straight white man. Mm-hmm. I assume a white man. What else, what else would it be? Uh, the Kamuki house was demolished in 2016 and a new house stands in its place, but no word on how that house is doing. Yeah, I feel like especially with spirits like that, you're like, you're not getting rid of it just by getting rid of the house. It's like so much deeper than that. Yeah, look what happened to Sarah Michelle Geller. Yeah. Um, All right. Our next one isn't a place. Well, it is a place, but it's not like a building. Uh, It's the Manoa Falls Trail. Uh, So before it was a popular hiking spot, Hawaiian natives first cleared the trail hundreds of years ago to use the area to bathe, hunt and gather wood. Uh, Earlier, Hawaiian civilizations lived entirely off the land using wood they collected to craft canoes, bark from trees to make their shoes, and they even harvested sap to make. And the article specifically said laxatives, which I found was Okay. Weird weird to bring up. You know, canoe shoes and stuff that makes you yeah. shit. Uh I feel like the author of the article that I like was reading found out this fun fact and he just sat there like, How do I bring this? I gotta up? work this in somehow. <laughs> it must have been hard to type with those ham fists, but he did it. <laughs> uh so today the trail is the second most visited hike in Honolulu, popular with both tourists and locals. The Lion Arboretum at the base of the trail uh, also serves as a conservation center for endangered Oahu plants and wildlife, uh, making it a research spot for students at the University of Hawaii. Um, And I guess a fun fact that I'm going to just force into this. If you see an animal that you're like, man, that's cute when you're in Hawaii, chances are it's invasive. (laughs) That's disappointing. Literally everything I was like, oh, there's like, oh, yeah, it was brought here in the 70s. Cool. That, that doesn't apply to the geckos, does it? It does. They were actually- Damn it. Um, they're Gold Dust Day geckos. I believe they originally live in Madagascar. It is the same species of gecko as the gecko gecko. That probably explains why there were so many of them. Uh, Yeah, they're all in insurance. Um, <laughs> how they can afford to live there. But in the 70s, some- and I quote the article I was reading, lizard enthusiasts- <laughs> Always the lizard enthusiasts. We're like, these guys would do well out here and released a bunch of them, not thinking of the fact that they didn't have any natural predators other than, like, birds. So everything's invasive in Hawaii. We, like, as a species, have just really fucked it up, haven't we? (laughs) Although, and I'm not saying you should go release lizards on islands. That's shitty. Um, But it's a volcanic island, so the only things that aren't, like, non-native... Are The only things that are native are, like, birds and fish. Hmm. Because it's a volcanic oh, island. Oh, yeah. So, like... What about turtles? Turtles are native. Okay. I don't know if they I counted would, as fish. Yeah, they're in the fish category. Um, I told you about the cows, right? Yeah, feral cows everywhere. Feral cows everywhere on Big Island. And I found out that they were a gift to one of the kings in, like, the 1800s. Like... Uh English people brought over like ten cows and were like, Here's a gift, your majesty. And he was like, Dope. I'm gonna make it illegal for anyone to kill these cows that I'm just gonna let roam. <laughs> and then they took I mean, a shot on the but... ecosystem. <laughs> the same thing appears to have happened with goats as well. Oh yeah. Just goats on the side of the road. It was nuts. Um yeah, so and, and anything that you like in Hawaii is probably invasive. but <laughs> uh, but okay. So, the trail uh, also has a spookier reputation, and paranormal enthusiasts from all over flock to the spot in hopes of peeping the legendary night marchers. Ooh, I've heard of these guys. Also known as the phantom marchers, the night marchers are said to be the spirits of ancient Hawaiian warriors who are uh, rumored to lurk around the falls after dark. Locals have said that there are a few warning signs of the marchers' arrival. First comes the distant cry of a conch shell. That's how that's pronounced, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, Then the steady rhythmic beating of drums, which at that point I would be exiting because that is not something that I want to be a part of. Yeah, no, drums are never a good sign of anything. At first, the sound of the shell sounds far away and the drums start out low and soft, but then the sound begins to rise and the sound comes closer and closer, the drums beating harder and faster until suddenly the noise of them is deafening. And then the conch shell sounds again, this time so loud, it can leave a ringing in your ears. And that's when the torches appear. Blazes of light suspended from heavy wooden staffs, all marching in a uniform line through the trees. And people want to go see this? Yeah, some people are into weird shit. Locals warn those who come across them to do the following. It's like if you come across a bear, just wait till... Uh, Get down as low to the ground as you can. Lay flat on your stomach, and most importantly, do not meet the gaze of the marchers as they pass. Instead, play dead out of respect. If you do these things, the band of ancient warriors will leave you alone. How about not seeking them out in the first place? Yeah, I think as soon as I heard the first, like, conch shell and be like, all right, hike is over. Let's go get some trail mix in the car. Yep. The night marchers, uh, or the hukai po, as they're referred to by the natives, are described as wearing heavy armor and carrying long-pointed spears and other weapons along with their torches. According to the legend, the night marchers guard the ghosts of ancient Hawaiian royalty or even island gods. At the center of the ranks, some hikers report seeing a kingly figure wearing a crown held high above the heads of the other ghosts. I have to admit, that does sound pretty dope. I mean, yes. Uh, either way, the spectral ranks of the Hukai Po pass by with a beating of drums and leave nothing behind but a trail of footprints. Spooky. I like that. Yes. Um, the warriors, although terrifying objectively, are said to be protectors of the island rather than vengeful spirits, so just don't look them in the eye. Yeah, don't fuck them around with the martyr ghosts. Bad idea. Uh, thousands of people hike along the fa- uh, falls of Manoa every year, and every year without fail, uh, uh, reports flood in of encounters with ghosts. Some hikers report hearing eerie, banshee-like screaming echoing through the falls, believed to be the war cry of the night mergers. Even worse. It is going to get even worse than that. <laughs> yes. Another report comes from a group of local teenagers. Oh, No. One night, the friends decided to sneak out and do teen things by the falls after the trail had closed. Um, sounds of laughter, all of that, uh, were drowned out by these spectral ancient beating of drums. Uh, one teen asked if his friends could hear it, and they just laughed and told him he was being paranoid, and then the drums got louder and louder and beginning to feel uneasy, one of them suggested that maybe it was time to head back. Yeah, that's a, that's a smart teen. They then heard the unmistakable sound of the conch shell. Terrified, all of them leapt up and hightailed it away from the falls as fast as they could. As they rushed down the path, they could see the light from the warriors' torches lighting up the night, and they could make out the faint outline of human figures moving towards them. As they ran, one of the teenagers swore he saw two tattered, bloody figures reaching out to them, one male and one female, potentially the spirits of hikers who had fallen to their deaths while climbing the falls. And actually, I didn't copy down the stories here because it was getting too far into the weeds, but there are confirmed stories of a man and a woman separately who fell and died in the area. Well, that's just kind of what happens when you hike things. Yeah, basically. Especially where it can be wet and slippery. Yeah. All right, our last story is the Wahile drive-in in Honolulu. oh, Located at Wahile Avenue and 21st Avenue, the drive-in opened May 24th, 1956, with the film Elephant Walk, starring Elizabeth Taylor, and The Naked Spur, starring James Stewart. Interesting lineup. Yeah. I don't know anything about either of those movies. Nope. Nothing. I didn't look into it. Uh, no. Nope. It had a capacity for 790 cars. That's a lot of cars. Yeah. Just one a screen? Separ- um i think so yeah i mean if you get there late fucked i've never been to a drive-in never ever no um i live in oregon sarah it rains 10 months out of the year i mean i live in minnesota where it's like frozen solid six months of the year and we have drive-ins fair i think there is a drive-in somewhere outside of town but like we didn't have the menu gene or anything um, so, several years after its opening, women began reporting encounters with a female ghost with no face, often standing in front of the mirror, combing her hair. Uh, no. No. She's al- also Absolutely to- not. <laughs> Just wait. She's also said to pound on stalled doors when people are in there, or, uh, in my own personal nightmare, appear in mirrors over no. your shoulder. I thought you said she was going to, like, sneak under the doors, which would also be terrible. <laughs> Just the head pops out like, hey, whatcha doing? What's up? I'm um, no face. No face. <laughs> Can you tell my hair? I guess it would sound more like. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I've said just a lot of stuff that I regretted saying as it was coming out of my mouth. <sighs> <sighs> uh, one encounter happened in 1965 when a young woman opened the door to one of the stalls to see to see a woman standing before her with no face hovering above the toilet. So I would argue she wasn't standing there; she was hovering Peeing. there. <laughs> No, I pictured just the torso hovering above the toilet. I mean, there are other reasons people hover over toilets. Her then-boyfriend saw her running out of the bathroom, screaming, followed by a faceless woman with no legs. (laughs) Okay, fine, she didn't have legs. This was not a detail I had, but you made me picture that. I thought it was implied. Uh, It's not like moaning Martle. Also in 1965, a group of friends encountered a large fireball that rose from the ground and circled the parking area several times before flying straight into the screen that's just arson ghostbuster shit if i have ever (laughs) heard it uh, there has been no explanation of where the ghostly woman and the fireballs came from, but it is noted that the theater is located next to a graveyard, which usually explains a lot. I was going to say, I really love ghost stories where there isn't like an obvious explanation. It's just like, yeah, this place is haunted by a cat demon. Yeah, yeah. I, there's also an article, like a Q&A about this ghost, so I'm not going to read the whole thing. So there's here's a, an excerpt from the article. Uh, quote, A girl left her car and went into the restroom around midnight to put on fresh lipstick. In the mirror, she saw a figure behind her with long hair and no face. The figure had no legs, only half a body. The girl turned around, and there was nobody behind her, but the door slammed shut and locked. And the poor girl screamed and fainted, and she is now in a Honolulu hospital recovering. Was this, like, in a newspaper? Where did this come from? Uh, It is a newspaper. I don't know which newspaper, but it is an article written by a man named Bob Krause. Okay. I don't know, I just thought I would it was love fun. for you to set your sources, Bob. Yeah, that's the faceless ghost. So the same or a similar ghost has been seen all over the island of Oahu as well, from Waikiki to the boiler room of Honolulu Hospital. Uh but there are stories in Japanese folklore of something called a nopera bo which is a faceless ghost that can transform herself into anyone in order to lure in humans. Mm. Sounds so that nice. That doesn't seem to be what the spirit is doing so i don't fucking know but there's a faceless ghost that's just hanging around just chilling just chilling just going around the island just fucking with people i mean what else are you gonna do when you're a ghost (laughs) yeah i guess like must get pretty boring I mean, I've only watched, like, the first, what, third of the first season of Ghosts, so I'm gathering information. <laughs> but it does seem like they get up to a lot of shenanigans, so I feel like that probably takes up a lot of their time. Yeah. I feel like shenanigans are, like, the number one source of, like, employment for ghosts. Shenanigans, tomfoolery, hijinks. Um, yeah. These these are probably how they occupy their time. But those are five ghost stories from uh, the island of Oahu. Those are good ghosts. Hawaii has great ghost stories. Japanese ghosts are always better than American ghosts, and that's... I, I was going to say, I always really love the episodes of Spook that are about, like, Hawaiian ghosts. They're just so oh, much better. Yeah. Um. Definitely made me think about going into a cave twice. No, never. Yeah, I think when you have... Hawaii is, is I'm not going to say weird, it's interesting. Because it is very american in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. you know like culturally but then there's just this undercurrent of like something older and bigger that people respect so Mm -hmm. it's not like on the mainland where like obviously we have the same thing with like native american culture and stuff but we don't respect it the same way here yeah so it's really interesting and it, it kind of like the the older culture could just kind of colors everything in a way that's really interesting. That's very cool. Um, so I would highly recommend it. They have a bunch of old shit. <laughs> a lot of beaches. I got to, to stand on the same beach as King Kamehameha and possibly the one where he murdered his cousin post. Did I not tell you that story? I think I might have told Sarah at work. No. Get ready. The ending's a doozy. So during the whole, like, i unify, the whole... Archipelago. Archipelago? archipelago 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 i imagine this uh involved at least a little bit of warfare just a touch so there was king kamehameha and then his cousin whose name i can't remember my apologies uh, and they were both like i want to be king um so kamehameha built this big ass temple on top of a hill which i will i think, I think show you pictures th- of. you showed me a picture of a temple on a hill is that the one that's the one cool. so he built it And in order to, like, finish the process, human sacrifice was needed. Of course. Of course. So he called up his cousin, I assume cell phone, and was like, hey, meet me on this beach, we'll talk. (laughs) And his cousin was like, all my advisors are telling me not to come. I'm gonna, I know what's gonna happen, but I feel like I have to. So, like, on the trip, on the way there, the night before they arrived at this beach, uh, his cousin, in, like, an act of defiance chopped off the tip of his own business okay so so he would be considered an imperfect sacrifice well i mean thinking ahead real fuck you to the person you know is going to murder you you could just not go (laughs) this is true but i think he felt like he needed to to like end this or whatever but not without like a middle finger you know. Uh anyway, so they roll up on the beach, Kamehameha like has him killed, all of that stuff. The point of the story is you can just walk on that beach. but <laughs> like, you can just be there. Yeah. And it it's a very strange energy. That's where the penisless penisless man got killed. Well when you put it that way, it sounds <laughs> stupid. Yeah, they had a whole video playing at the like the visitor center and they oh, go funny. into that story. It's like interesting that you would Tell this to everyone who comes through this (laughs) historical site. Hey, hey, come check out our beautiful beach. Guess what happened here? Well, you're also not supposed to swim there because uh, sharks like to hang out around there. Oh, hmm. bad, bad idea. Which to that point, there's the remnants of like a, it's called a leaning post. And the chief of the village would literally just lean against this fucking post and watch the sharks eat the offerings that they gave them the human offerings i it didn't specify i kind of hoped that it was like fish but uh it i wouldn't rule out humans i mean offerings like people have been sacrificing non-human things for centuries too so and human things for centuries so anyway those are hawaiian ghosts i hope you guys learned something uh I've been having a lot of fun Wikipedia page hopping the last week. <laughs> I bet I'll see something interesting and be like, "Well, I gotta know everything about that now." <laughs> fun stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. D- do your ghost research before you go on vacation because you mm-hmm. might find cool stuff. Uh, I don't think you needed help with that on your trip to Ireland, but no, I have in fact done uh, haunted Ireland uh, research in the past. Did not use it, but I also had like very specific ideas for what I wanted to do with this trip, so. Um which was not look at dead things. Oh, just, I wanted to go to a very particular area and there's just not a lot of ghosts in Donegal, I guess. I looked for ghost stories and was not very successful. It was disappointing. I hear no one died in that area. So it's kind of. No. All right, guys. Well, if, if you have a Hawaiian ghost story, um, if you yeah. have just a regular ghost story, we love hearing it. Yeah, honestly, I love I love all the ghost stories. Um, You can tell us on uh, Twitter, which is weird because there's a character limit, but that's at Afternoonified, right? Yeah, sure. We're on Instagram at Afternoonified. Um, GetAfternoonified.com, uh, where there's a little email form that you can fill out, or you can just email us at uh, Afternoonifiedpod at gmail.com. Uh, You can also check out our merch, some good merch. I... Excellent merch, I would say. Promise that by the time the next episode comes out, the new Avalon Leonetti design Jeff shirt will be out and available for purchase. People are clamoring it for an Emily. I know. Um, Oh, I saw a mongoose in real life. (gasps) That's right, mongoose. Yes, uh, they are yellow, they are invasive, (laughs) they were brought there to deal with the rat problem, but they found out pretty quickly that rats are nocturnal and mongoose are not. (laughs) That's my favorite type of invasive species are the species that they bring over to deal with another invasive species, but they miscalculated and neither of them, they, they're just both end up being more invasive. It's a real woman who swallowed a fly situation. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Among yeah, Geese are super cute in person, and they, these ones are yellow. So, Aww. That was, uh, just like Jeff. chanting. Just like Jeff so yeah the Jeff merch will be available by the time the next episode comes out you have my word I'm gonna hold Uh, you to it Good. Um, anyone fill out the brackets I didn't see any go fill out your damn brackets (laughs) Uh, yeah remember to rate, subscribe, review all of that fun stuff and we will see you for a uh, it certainly is a mini that we recorded next week (laughs) it is indeed All right, guys goodbye bye we love you